0: Upon
1: further review. Welcome to Upon Further Review, your weekly uptake of hot topics across the National Hockey League. Powered by your hosts, Angelo Ricci
0: and Stefan Bianchi. So for those of you who watch our TikToks, or for those of you who just listen... And think that we don't take feedback. We do. We're actually very receptive to feedback because Angelo listened to the comments on our Ryan O'Reilly video and decided that he didn't know enough about the market, so he's gonna actually go there mm, and even experience. A good, that's a good intro. So that you can understand why everyone thought you were crazy for thinking that Ryan O'Reilly should not have signed in Nashville.
1: I just planned it last night because there were about 15 guys in the comments that told me that it's the best city in in uh, in the states. So. We'll see. I'm you're excited. Gonna, you're
0: going to have experiential learning. I would have been
1: excited to watch a Nashville game. Apparently, it's one of the best arenas in the league. My dad went to Nashville and watched a game there, and he said it was amazing. But I'm sure it is, but they suck. Unfortunately, yeah, they suck. They don't. Nashville doesn't play, obviously, in the summer. They don't play any part of the summer whatsoever, and they won't be for the next, part. Next what, 10 years? In terms of playoffs, you mean? Yeah, because yeah. they stink.
0: Yeah, I mean... I don't think they're going to be that good, but I'm sure you're going to have a great time anyway.
1: Should we start off with a player who just got traded from a team that stinks too? <laughs> <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, How's that for a new That's intro? <laughs>
0: violent. That's a rough and violent um, segue, but I don't mind it. Um, yeah, let's talk about brinket, That's probably the biggest news to come out recently. Mm-hmm. Um, one
1: might say the cat is out of the bag.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, you would say that. No one else would. <laughs> literally no one else on the planet Earth would say that. But. DeBrinkit gets traded to the Red Wings for Cuba League Dominic Sobrango, who I think is a defensive prospect. I don't know if he's all that good. A first next year and a fourth next year as well. And then immediately signed him to a four-year deal worth $7.87 million per year. What do you think?
1: I think we can talk about both of these individually. Like First sure. of all, talking about the trade,
0: why don't you remind everyone who's listening what they gave up to get DeBrinkit? So they gave up... Seventh overall pick last draft, mm-hmm. and then a second and a third on top of that.
1: A second and a third on top, and they got back a first, which will probably be picking if Detroit will probably be picking top ten. Let's just. Well, I don't call think they're
0: going to be that bad, but I don't know. You can probably say fifteenth,
1: fifteenth or twentieth if they're yeah. Yeah. So on that, they they they, they gave lost. up more for one year of them, which makes sense. Well, I mean, yeah, of course, when you get Alex to bring it for a year, you got to give up some stuff. You would have thought as an as a Senators fan, if you got back what you traded from, that'd be ideal, but. I mean, all in all, starting off with, with the trade and who Alex Dabrinkit is. like, I think it's great for the Detroit Red Wings, first mm-hmm. and foremost. We talked about this a million times when we said we wanted Larkin. Well, I said, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I said I wanted Larkin to be traded out of Detroit because I thought it was mutual for both teams because you want this team to be all around the same age. And they ended up keeping yeah. Larkin, who's a little bit older than their young core. But now they add a guy who's, I would say he's around the same age as Dylan Larkin, right? Or is he a little bit he's younger? he's actually
0: a little younger than Dylan Larkin. He's
1: probably between the ages of Mosider Sider and Dylan Larkin. So now this core yeah, he's is... 24, I think. Yeah, this core 24. is molded molded around to be like a 21 to like 27-year-old core. A good mix of guys who've been in the league for a while that can score, like Larkin and Debrinkit, as mm-hmm. well as some young phenoms too. Like, Raymond should have a bounce back here next yeah, year. Yeah, I your hope.
0: If you're a uh, Wings fan. Yeah, yeah.
1: Mosider Mo Sider had a quote-unquote bad year last year was still pretty good. I mean, all of a sudden, the top four guys on this team are good enough to make a playoff spot if they are in any division other than the Atlantic. But you can't, if if you're a team like Detroit, you've been bad for so long. You've been such a historic franchise. You can't just wait until the Atlantic gets worse because you'll be bad for another 10 years. So I kind of like this move for Detroit. I mean, he's also from there, which means he's motivated to play there. You know, in Alex Dobrynka, from the moment he was traded to the Senators, everyone knew he didn't want to be there. Probably yeah. translated. It was a gamble. Yeah, probably translated into a bad year for him. He had,
0: did he have a down year this year? He had 27 goals, but Like, for what he was before, it was a down year. It's still a very good hockey player though.
1: N- now that he's playing in his hometown, somebody wants to play. I'd expect him to score 35 next year.
0: Yeah, and last year he was supposed to be playing with Stutzla and Giroux, but then when Josh Norris got hurt, he was playing with Shane Pinto and whoever else they were putting in the second line center. So it got off to a pretty tough start because Norris got hurt it was like what a month into the season or something like that. Every single year, yeah. So he just. They probably didn't have the setup that they were looking for, but yeah, for the for the wings, I mean, they don't have a guy who can score thirty five plus goals. Like, I don't, no, I don't think they have a pure goal scorer. Raymond was supposed to be that, but he's still young. So to get a guy who can drop you can drop onto your first line with no hesitation. Now he's actually gonna score goals for you. He's gonna be playing with you know Larkin for sure, maybe Peron, maybe Raymond. I don't know how they're gonna organize the other side of that that line, but and then he's also gonna be their m- main guy on power play one to be looking for. There's no other guy who they're going to be looking to set up for one-timers or trying to find open in the slot. That's their guy. Yeah, I think it fits in huge need for the wings. And then, yeah, Brinkett's now in a position where he can succeed. Like, he's the goal scorer on that team. He's never been the goal scorer on any team.
1: He was on Chicago for well, a very little bit when Kane yeah, was when bad. Yeah, was on his way down. But you're right. Kane is still the guy there. And, you know, you said they don't have a guy that can score 35. For anyone who's going to come out and say, you know, Larkin scored 32 last year. That was on a career Fair. year, yeah. and he's usually not. So that's I not ag- what he's known for. I, I agree with you. Like, they didn't have a guy
0: who you know is a lock for 30 to 35, and now they have one. Yeah, and, and if Larkin can continue that, then they have two, and that's even better for them. But for the, the trade itself from the sense perspective, like, I don't know how much more they could have done. He had, what, he picked four teams that he was willing to go to, and this was one of them. They had no leverage. Yeah, they traded the seventh overall pick for him last year, but they got a first back. They got a roster player in Kubalek who had a really good start to the year when there was a bunch of injuries there. So you know, if he has to play in the top six, which is not ideal, he can do a job. Um, yeah, they definitely got objectively fleeced. Sure, we can say that if you want. Did? I know there are people who are really down on the trade, at from least a, from a from perspective. from a Senators perspective. But to get a first back for him, I don't know how much better they could have done. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, they didn't. It's not a home run for them, but. What more could you have asked?
1: Yeah, this was like a Walmart version situation of the Matthew Kachuk trade where like the team was put in a position of very little leverage and they had to do with... with, with sorry, they could only play the cards that they were dealt. And yeah. like you said, to to get back a first, I still think that first will be picked anywhere between the 7th and the 15th pick, like you said. Yeah, maybe. And the, the draft, when um in in the trade that they gave to get DeBrinket, that draft was terrible i'm pretty sure it was a bad draft a top 10 pick
0: but yeah definitely it, it that's very different than a 7th pick this draft
1: yeah and even yeah. if they i'm um, apparently what i heard like when i watched the draft this year and obviously this is just people making speculation the draft next year obviously not supposed to be as good as the one that just happened but it was far better than the one okay that that they got the 7th round pick in like i think they didn't they draft Marco Casper no that was detroit that drafted marco casper seventh overall with that, seventh that year pick, yeah and i think in this with a seventh round
0: overall pick in the next draft you probably get a better player than marco casper the Sens have to make use of that pick and they could even use it they could flip that for something somebody else i don't know how many other wingers or forwards are going to be available for trade now nah, just because everyone's cap situation is so crazy but you know halfway through the season if they if they're in, in a playoff push they have an extra an extra first to play with you can go grab somebody like by no means is this trade done in a vacuum. Like the players that got back or the picks they got back can be used in other trades as well.
1: Yeah, and also Alex it going back to the Detroit side. I mean, overall, he's not. He's. I wouldn't say he is. He's elite. He's not a superstar, right? Would you agree with me? Yeah, he's, I would agree with that. He's very good at everything. Goals, eighty-third percentile. Chances created, eighty-eighth percentile. Shots, ninetieth percentile. One-timer goals, ninety-first percentile. Two-way, he's pretty bad. But most finishers yeah. that are typically smaller in size are like that. Power play wins above replacement. Penalties wins above replacement. Like all these things are in the high 80th to low 90th percentile. So he is a very he is a very good player that I thought was going to get paid nine-ish million. We'll talk about that pretty mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. I think he gets utilized way more in Detroit than he does, did Ottawa. At times last year, it looked like there were too many males to feed on that Ottawa Senators team where Alex Debrinket is playing second-line power play. So maybe it's a win-win for both teams.
0: I think both teams are going to – I don't know if the Sens are going to benefit, but I think the team and the player will benefit in terms of the Wings and a brinket for this one. Um, Yeah, you kind of hinted at the idea that this um, contract could have repercussions down the line, but before we get there, there's a couple of other extensions that we should probably talk about. I think the next biggest one was probably Kopitar. Before we do that, I want to
1: ask you a question.
0: Okay. Do the Detroit Red Wings make the
1: playoffs in the next three to five years?
0: Three to five years, yeah, I think so. Next two to three, I don't think they're gonna make it next year. <laughs> I think the year after that they should. Really? Why? I like, think,
1: what teams coming out of the playoffs for them to do it?
0: This year, I think Bergeron's probably gonna come back. But if this is his last year, then I think Boston really struggles. I think. Um, who knows what? I mean, Tampa's still good. The Leafs are still good. Yeah, I mean it's. Ottawa still division. there. Ottawa's good. Buffalo's gonna be better.
1: And let me ask you a question: the, okay. you,
0: They're not a division team, right? Like you think they'll no, be think a wild card team if they make the playoffs? The playoffs, unless they have this New Jersey type of thirty point increase, which they're not. No, then sure. But no, they're they're gonna be fighting for a wild card spot if that this year, next season, maybe the season after. Um, if some of those older teams in the Atlantic start to fall off, which is always a debate, like you can never count on that happening. Then no. sure. But yeah, I I actually kind of forgot how competitive this division was in terms of like the Senators and the Sabers probably being in better Sabres spots than they are. Too. Yeah, they're, they're probably in better. I'd probably take both those teams over the wings right now.
1: Me too. That's why I, I don't think so. in the next honestly, the next 3 to 5 years I really don't think t- think this team makes the playoffs because like you said in the next 1 to 3 years, the Leafs, the 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 Lightning, the Bruins, the Rangers, the Devils, like all these teams are going to be division teams and when you mm-hmm. look at it from the perspective of the Atlantic I can name you at least three teams that are going to win the division over over the Red Wings. And like you said, now they got to compete with the Pittsburgh, who's hungry. They have Cal Dubas. They're going to go out and make moves. The New York Islanders aren't a terrible team as well. There's a lot of teams in the Metro. Yeah. And then you throw in the Sabres. Then you throw in the Senators. Like they, um, Stevie Y is going to have to make another move for this team to get there. And it looks like Probably. they're committed to not being bad now.
0: Well, no. Their last two off-seasons, in terms of them overpaying free agents, would suggest that they, they want to be good. But... I think maybe in the next 3 to 5 in the next 3 to 5 years I think we'll see the Penguins be bad again. In the next 3 to 5 years I think we'll see the Capitals be bad again. The Islanders are probably going to be bad. So that's three teams in the metro you can take out, but they're still going to be competing against some really good teams in the Atlantic. So there's nothing nothing is guaranteed for this team.
1: Yeah, like the worst part about being a Red Wings fan right now is not only are they in the hardest division in the in the NHL. It's the wild card teams that are they're competing against. Or is I think is the second hardest
0: division in the NHL, yeah, it's, right? For the immediate future, yeah. There's a lot of hungry teams, and the, the West is just not as good.
1: It, it's tough. So yeah, it's it's you're gonna have to wait a little bit to be a Wings fan. And the last question I have for you before we go on to Kopitar, um, is now uh, Stevie Y a few years ago trades for Andrew Cott, signs David Ferran in free agency, signs Ben Chirac. We all agree that that was bad this year signs Justin Hall and and Confer, which we both said were pretty bad deals Mm -hmm. now he goes out and gets Alex to brink it on what we'll describe in terms of um, contract being pretty good Mm -hmm. does his overall grade as a manager over these
0: last two years change for you? I mean this is definitely a good move so I guess in terms of recency bias sure this is a way better move but I still think he's just given average players too much money uh-huh. I don't think this necessarily changes my overall opinion of what he's done so far, but this is a good trade. Granted, if you have a really good goal scorer who only wants to come to your team and you don't win the trade, then you're terrible. So I think he did a good job, and was, he was given a really good set of circumstances, and he capitalized on him. That's mm-hmm. definitely you deserve credit for that. But I don't think, by any means, he's, in my opinion, become or may, like, changes on any of the moves in the past. That I didn't agree with
1: all right so a letter grade for the justin Holland to brinkett move at this free agency what do you give him combined CBY?
0: like every everything that he's done combined this offseason this
1: this offseason, season There's just this one
0: i don't know maybe I, maybe i give him like a b minus or something yeah
1: that's i was gonna say c plus b minus yeah. that's fine
0: that that move makes a big difference this move it's a really this, this move's probably an a and a plus but and then the other two were like d's so you balance it out b minus give okay. or take
1: I agree. Do we want to talk about the money or do we want to move on to Kopitar and then we come back to the money overall?
0: We can talk about the money after we talk about, well, this apparently this Ajo signing because I Mm -hmm. feel like they feed all into the same conversation that we're heading down. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about Ajo now? Sure. And then we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, Ajo. So this is not official. We're recording this on Saturday, but there have been some reports that are coming out saying that Ajo is very close to signing a long-term deal in the neighborhood of like eight years, $9.5 So we're going to work with that. It could come in and he may, maybe he makes 10, maybe he makes 9.2. Like Who knows? But in that neighborhood, we're just going to talk theoretically about that. I think if he comes in at that number, that's a steal. He's definitely a double-digit player. But when you're playing for a team who you know, doesn't like to pay their players a ton of money and has an owner who is pretty chintzy when it comes to paying players, and you get grinded down. Granted, playing in North Carolina, I'm not sure what the tax situation is there, but it's definitely not one of the highest state taxes. I think if he comes in at 9.5, that's a steal.
1: I think so, too, especially because he's still a relatively young player. He's a 97? Is he a Is 90- he 97? 97 or a 98? I could be wrong. He was born. Let's look this up really quickly. Yeah, he's, so he's either a 98 or a 97. And his first few years in the NHL, he was, like, putting up 55, 60 points. Had a breakout year in 2022 where he put up 81 points. Like, he was a point-per-game player then. Last year, came down to earth a little bit at 70. If you want to make the okay. argument that he's, like, a yeah. 75 to 80-point player Those guys typically get paid, I would say, eight and a half. But then you add in the fact that he's a leader on this team. He kills penalties very efficiently. He's a center as well. He's still young. Honestly, nine and a half, ten sounds like, I would say, fair fair. value for both sides. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. And now when you look at it from the Debrinket side, Debrinket signs, what, 7.8?
0: 7.8 for four years, though, right? So if they... I imagine that if they would have given him eight years, which I don't think they wanted to do, it probably come. You probably get get eight point five or nine for that between eight point five and nine. Like you throw another million on that for like those years of his UFA years, mm-hmm. and then yeah, I'd probably take Ajo over to brink it. right? <laughs> over, overall, for sure. So I I feel like those numbers are are fair. If you get to bring it on an eight year deal, you're paying like eight point seven five, that's probably fair. This a nine point five is probably really fair too. So would you say that the Brinkett deal at four years, seven point eight, is a fair value for him too? Yeah, fairly. Yeah, I think I don't, so. I don't too. think you could go wrong with that. Like, he, I think he's going to bounce back.
1: I think this is one of the few situations where both the player and the team probably walk away pretty happy from yeah,
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. I think he wanted an eight-year deal though. That that's that oh, what really? was going around. But I don't think the uh, Red Wings wanted to gamble fully on him, give him eight years in case for whatever reason maybe he doesn't become a forty-goal scorer again. I don't think they were willing to take that risk i agree and also because in a contract
1: year you expect a guy to be really really good we see this a lot when a guy has a bad year in a contract year or down compared to what you would expect Mm -hmm. it kind of affects them over multiple years of their next contract
0: like what happened with timo meyer right yeah whether or not whether it should or shouldn't be the case like it definitely happens recency bias is a huge problem yeah on both sides of the coin yes oh yeah well we're gonna get we're gonna get there for
1: sure. The reason why I wanted to talk about, and I think it was a good idea to talk about, the Brinket and Ajo is mm-hmm. because we talked about this a little off the air and I wanted to discuss a little more. Yeah. It sets the market for a player everybody listening to this might know. Yeah. Want to talk about that a little because the quote-unquote player who won't be named. Yeah. Blonde hair, blue eyes, right winger for the so. Toronto Maple Leafs, reportedly wants north of 10.
0: After these two, you're crazy to ask for 10. You're crazy to expect to get 10. You can ask for whatever you want in a negotiation. But if you're, if that's like the the line in the sand that you're drawing, saying I'm not taking less than ten, then you are you're delusional.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's a few things to consider here. Like before these deals were signed, if this didn't happen, would you say he was worth ten and a half? If he was the first deal signed in Willie? free agency, yeah.
0: No. What would he have been worth before you before nine out? I I am the biggest Willie fan. Like I love William Nylander. Pay. I I don't think you pay more than nine.
1: And I mean, now with these deals being signed the way that they were, you undoubtedly don't pay him more than nine. What do you think he gets now?
0: I don't know what he gets now. I think I think at the end of the day, I'll be able to stomach nine mm-hmm. because he's my favorite player. He's really good, and he just seems to be getting a little bit better or staying at a point per game with 35 goals. Like, you have to pay those guys, but you have to pay them. It's fine. Um, but I think if one of the best two-way centers in the league in Ajo, who is a, who is a better player than you objectively – gets nine and a half by eight, you play a less important position. You're more inconsistent than him. You don't play defense. Yes, you score a lot of points and you score a lot of goals, but that does not make you a nine and a half million dollar player. So I think at best, you're looking at eight by nine. If we're playing market value, I think the problem that the Leafs have have sort of created for themselves and the Matthews are modern contract. Those are fair value contracts. I don't think those are bad contracts but I think Willie just sees himself and this has been reported. I'm not like, I'm not speculating. It's been reported that he sees himself as almost as good as they are. So for him to make single digits, he's like, I'm not $2 million worse than, than Mitch Marner,
1: which he probably is.
0: You think so? Yeah, I think so. I guess but overall. People yeah.
1: Forget, like Mitch Marner's got nominated for a Selkie this year. He's, a point, point away player. from 200 point seasons, like yeah. setting records for most most points in a consecutive games. Yeah, like he's a very consistent. I mean, Willie's one of the most inconsistent players in the NHL. You'll go seven games where he puts up 12 goals and then doesn't put up one for the next 10. Yeah. I think Mitch is a top 10 person in the yeah. NHL. We got. I got a little bit of hate on TikTok because I said that and guys were all over me. I, I mean, think he's. I would say the ninth to the 13th best player in the NHL. Yeah,
0: it's it's a conversation to be had. And Willie's nowhere near that. I don't think Willie. I don't think he deserves ten. He can ask for ten all he wants, but if he expects to get ten on the open market, um, maybe he will because the cap will be up by then and GMs will be like drunk on all this new money that they have. Mm-hmm. But also, the Leafs can give you an extra year. No other team can give you that. So,
1: oh, you can't. He can't sign nate your deal in free oh, agency.
0: If he if he leaves as a free agent on July first next year, he can only get seven by another team.
1: Then how did Dubrincik? Because he have got eight. traded. Oh, so you need to be like
0: the team's, like under the team's property. It's not the great word, but you know what I mean. Under their control, you need to be on their roster before July one, in order to give them an eight-year deal. Mm -hmm. So, if Willie, like, let's just say he goes and gets a ten by seven from somebody, that's seventy million. If he gets 8 by if he gets eight by 9 here, that's 72. So you're still making more money here. I don't know what the problem would be. On a
1: better team, and it's not like you're 22 where that extra year will buy you another 10. It's gonna, you're you're gonna not getting bad. another
0: 8-year contract after this yeah. one, so it doesn't matter. Like, you're not going to be losing out on money. I agree.
1: Yeah, I think Willie was probably at this point going to get 8.5. That's probably what I think.
0: I would love if it comes in at that number. Uh, we'll guess we'll see how good bad True Living is at negotiating. Didn't seem to be great at negotiating when he gave Hubert 10.5. <laughs> so we'll have to see i think he got 11
1: and a half didn't he is it 11 and a half it might have been 10 and a half you're right
0: either way between 10 and a half and 11 is still a ton of money he got and he was in a situation where he had to sign him yes you're not really in that situation here no. i think the leafs do hold a fair amount of the cards in terms of their leverage and I think they so can so. trade him okay like, hey, Willie, well, we're going to trade you
1: we're just going to take a brief minute to shout out the sponsor of today's episode sea geek Looking to enjoy a night out with some friends, watching a sports game, concert, comedy show, or music festival? Hit up SeatGeek, an app that helps you find tickets in the cheapest and simplest possible way. By visiting their site, you can see events happening near you, and within one click can instantly get access to tickets at the cheapest possible price. With SeatGeek's price grading system, you can instantly find out whether you're getting a bargain on the tickets you buy. At checkout, Be sure to enter code UFRPOD to get $20 off your first purchase. Visit SeatGeek today and revolutionize the way you buy tickets. I've been asking you a lot of questions here. Like it's a bit of an interview, but I'll ask you one more. Uh, Similar to the Austin Matthews question I asked you, Willie has one more year on his deal, right? He gets up the same as Austin Matthews. If he's not signed by the start of the season, what are you doing? (laughs)
0: If you're th- Trelevin, I think the issue is the Leafs can. You, know, you talk all the crap you want about the Leafs. Objectively, they they're still contenders at the start of this season. Yeah, and I don't think you become better by trading Willie. So that's the question that Brad Trelevin has to ask himself: Is is am I willing to sacrifice a year of my contention to not lose a guy for free? And I guess ultimately it depends on what you get back in the trade. If you're going to get a very good young player back or assets that you know you can flip to complement your team and make your team. Just as good, if not better, then you make that trade all day long. But if you're going to trade a guy just to trade him and not get good value back and make your team worse, then I don't think you do it.
1: What if Carolina offers you Pesci in a second?
0: No way. Pesci in a first. I still wouldn't do that. I N- think you need a forward back.
1: Nietzsche and Pesci.
0: That's a different conversation. Now. Would you make that trade? I don't know. A lot of people on Twitter, I had seen that
1: question and said that. Carolina was giving up too much for that. And I don't, I disagree. I don't with know.
0: I think Willie's way better than Nietzsche. And they're in a similar situation with Pesci. He's not, doesn't have a contract after next year. So you're trading, you know, you're expiring for year, for one year left. So
1: I agree. And Carolina's also one of these teams that's almost a complete opposite of the Toronto May beliefs. Their decor is unbelievable. Yeah. It looks like anyone who you slot in that Carolina Hurricanes jersey plays D effectively, yes. especially in that system. And the one thing they're missing is primary scoring. I think that any Carolina fan, would prefer to have William Nylander over so Pechys, Pechys, over Nietzsche and oh, Pesci yeah. together, just because if you slot in a third line defenseman on any other team, he probably plays second line minutes well enough on Carolina. And now you're moving from a guy who had a breakout, what, 65 point season last Nietzsche? year? Niches? Yeah. 71. 71 to Willie, who is pretty much guaranteed to get you 35 goals and 82 points.
0: Yeah. yeah. He's. he's- like 10, at least 10 points better and about 7-8 goals better than Nietzsche's, which yep. is a lot. And for some reason, Carolina is in the Eric Carlson conversation. So if they get Carlson and flip Pesci, you're getting, you know, effectively Carlson and Nylander. You're going to be coming into your team. You're going to be losing Nietzsche's, Pesci, you know, whatever assets you have to give up to get Carlson. But if you're bringing a def- defenseman in somewhere else, you can afford to lose Pesci.
1: And I, I think any Carolina fan, again, would want Willie and Carlson over those two because... Like, the one thing Carolina misses is, like, electricity. That team is so steady, but it seems like in the Eastern Conference Finals every year, they don't have that one guy to get them over the hump. And who knows? A 100-point Norris-winning defenseman who's won it three times now Mm -hmm. and a guy who can score you 40 on any given year...
0: That's electricity. If I ever heard it. And Willie is good in the playoffs. And Nietzsche's had a pretty poor playoff, from what I remember. He went kind of invisible. Yeah. And he was put in an elevated role because <laughs> they were missing Svechnikov and missing Pataretti. Yeah. Um. So in the season where they were counting on him, he didn't he didn't come through when it mattered. And, and Willie always comes through when it matters. And I'm even talking myself now into like, give me more now if that's <laughs> the case. But I'm a I'm biased towards valuing Willie way higher, maybe than like an average NHL GM might. So I think that'll be a very fair conversation to have. I agree. Okay, are we going to move on to Kopitar? Kopitar, okay. So Kopitar has one year left on his deal, making $10 million, but signed an extension for two years after this, making $7 million per. I mean, this guy's still one of the most reliable two-way centers in the league. Yes, he's 35, but 74 points in 82 games last season. Solid wow. production. Not bad, right? Mm, Unbelievable. All things considered. Um, what do you think about this?
1: I think it's an unbelievable deal for both sides. First and foremost, Anze Kopitar going into next season is worth more than $7 million. The issue is, is for him to sign that deal, he wants $7 million over at least a little bit of term. And Kopitar isn't worth $7 million at age 40. So I don't think that they were willing yeah. to give him a 7 by 5 I don't think Kopitar wanted a 10 by one I think a 7 by 2 works for both sides. Yeah. If I was, who's the the GM of? It's uh, Rob Blake. If I was Rob Blake, I would have even gone up to 7 by 3 Just because you said he's 35 now. He'll be 38 by the end of it. But he doesn't look like he's slowing down. Like, one Mm -hmm. good thing about Anze Kopitar, I'm looking now, 82 games, 81 games, 70 games, 56 games when it it was during COVID, 81, 82. Doesn't get hurt. And every single season, he's putting up pretty good numbers.
0: I guess his point production stayed pretty steady.
1: Right? And now he's playing with some pretty good line mates as well who drive play pretty well. Like Adrian Kempe is a great play driver. Takes a bit of the pressure off him to be the playmaker. They play really well together. I think locking him up for at least two years was very big, mm-hmm. and not only that, locking him up but only seven million gives Rob Blake cap space to to go yeah. out and continue you get moving. Get an extra three million. Yeah, I think I think it was a good deal for both sides.
0: And in terms of taking the pressure off of him, they have Dubois now yeah. as well, a second line center. Sure. So I think that's maybe where like people can come back and say, well, if Kopitar goes out this year and gets like sixty points or something, they're gonna say, oh, it's because he's old. Well they're probably just going to give Dubois all the Ozone starts and feed <laughs> Kopitar and Deneau the, the D-zone starts. So if his production falls off, I don't think that's a reflection of age more than it is a reflection of maybe different usage. You know, coming in with Dubois, not really the most defensively gifted player. Um,
1: that's a nice way of putting
0: it. Right. I, I think he often is thought of as a two-way center because he's big Canadian and, I don't know, because like, he's big and Canadian, he's a centerman, but he's just a really he's really good at offense. So you give him the opportunity to score. And you have two unbelievably good defensive centers in Kopitar and Dino getting these zone stars. I think that's probably the best one, two, three in the league. Do, do you think, actually, like a side conversation, best one, two, three up the middle?
1: No, I think McDavid, Dreisaitl, Bukestad is the best one, two, three in the
0: league. Bukestad's so ass. He's terrible, but the argument is. <laughs> I don't is even that think, they signed. I don't think he's, I don't think he's, he's there not, anymore. But just for the sake of Whoever's, argument. You can just put X player there. Yes,
1: but if you mean like contingent on the fact that the third guy isn't a bum sure no yeah, disrespect I, to Nick Buchstad. I, yes. I, I guess I guess I guess that's like the same argument as the brothers like are the are the best two brothers in NHL history Gretzky and his brother right because yeah. they have the highest combined points yeah but fair enough if, if all of them need to be good probably like balanced I, most I balanced one two three maybe I agree okay. I, I agree I, I don't know why all of these random questions are coming to my head but it makes for good TikTok content okay. and for people who are listening he didn't have any time to prepare this um do the LA Kings, are, are the LA Kings contenders? Yes. Are they, though? Because they've been bounced two years in a row in the first round by yeah. the same team. By the That's a good team, though. That, that good team has never had a conference finals, bro. I mean, they, they, did, they did, but they, they lost four in a row. Yeah. Are they truly able to win four rounds against four great hockey teams?
0: I think it's actually contingent on them getting a goalie. Because I think right now they're entering the season with, like, Phoenix, Copley, and... Like, I don't know who the heck else they have. They don't have a goalie because they they lost Corpusalo. But
1: with Corpusalo, were they contenders? Yeah. You think they had it in them to beat four Edmonton-caliber teams?
0: I, I. They're so good. They're so good. Their one, two, three up the middle is, like I said, probably the most balanced in the league. Then you have, like, Fiala, Kempe. Who else do they have? I'm, I'm drawing a blank Dubois. in terms of... Dubois, they, well, I mentioned Dubois, but then they have uh, like Arthur Cowley is still really good. Quinton Byfield hopefully takes a step. Brant Clark's coming into the fold on an already really good decor. It just seems like these are a bunch of very, very solid players, but
1: is there, are, is there a single superstar on that team? Probably mm, not. And no, they have what,
0: a potential superstar in Brant Clark, but he's not going to be a superstar for three years. Hasn't played an NHL game
1: yet. Has there ever been an NHL team that has won a Stanley Cup without a superstar? That's the thing. Is That's what's stopping recent me. memory. That's what's stopping me from thinking that they are absolute contenders. Would you consider Petro a superstar when they won? Yeah, I guess the 2019 Blues is maybe. Maybe the one team. Most most
0: recent. One in 30. And they were some sort of fairy tale story where they were dead last in the league January 1st, right? They were just on a magical run.
1: I I agree. It just seems like there's not one guy on that team that can put them on their back and win them a a round, and they haven't been able to do anything. Last year, they went all out, right? And granted, they get terrible draws facing the— the second highest Cup favorites going into the playoffs in the first yeah. round
0: twice, but you got you still got like, similar to the Leafs. Like you still have to win.
1: Eventually they'll have yeah. to beat that team, right? And they'll probably have to beat two of those teams.
0: Do you do you think are, are you heading towards this like the situation where you're calling them Leafs West? They're
1: very similar to the Leafs West, and that's why I'm saying that they're the Leafs West without a superstar caliber player, right? And the issue is is that we even talked about this with the Leafs. Like sure they beat Tampa, but can they beat three types of Tampa teams in a row? And that's the well, question. They like, showed no. No, they like, they can't. <laughs> Last I, year, I don't think L.A. can either.
0: That's fair. I mean, the the West is overall terrible, but they're the top end of that conference Great. is incredible. Like,
1: and they're getting better because pretty soon I'll talk about it. Like Dallas is a mean team.
0: Dallas Dallas has been a contender. They've been the probably the the sleeper pick for. Um, three years now they made they made the cup finals they made the conference finals last year i think or the second round for sure like they're they're an incredible team we'll we'll get there. conference finals yeah like they're they're so good um i have a question for you okay before i move on and leaf leafs haters shut your ears leafs fans open them okay so i just talked about how Kopitar makes 10 million dollars and he has for the last seven years okay okay so (laughs) I think is a at ten million, like ten million dollars, is like that's a statement number, right? Okay. So, would if he, this guy was in Toronto, putting up seventy four points, making, um, ten million dollars, would he not be put on a stake every every season, like our friend John Tavares is? He,
1: he would be considered a very overpaid hockey player. Right. So
0: let me ask you, would you rather a thirty five year old who scores seventy four points in eighty two games, making ten million, or a thirty two year old who got eighty and eighty, making eleven million?
1: obviously the second one
0: that's John Tavares he's three years younger and more effective and makes one million more than Anze kobotar when we talk about like the Toronto bias or like like he's in LA being the seventh most important team in that market who they get no coverage and John Tavares is in center of the hockey universe yes it is like I think just that the, the narratives are so different if Anze Kobotar was on the Leafs he would be getting talked about the same way that that John Tavares does
1: Agreed, but the one difference between those two is is Kopitar is a selkie level center,
0: and yeah, but Dantovar is not a liability. He's quite good two way. He he
1: is he is an above average two way center. Kopitar is in the top five percent of of, de- of defensive centers, of defensive but the extra centers. the extra you know he's a point of game player though. Yeah, so my question for you now is turning it the other way is are you willing to sacrifice 10, 10 points from your second line center to be a selkie caliber hockey player?
0: I don't know. I think honestly, what it is is Kopitar has two cups. Yeah, like let's call, call a spade a spade. If John Tavares had two cups and making $11 million on the Leafs, nobody would care. Yeah. That's that, a ped, That's like a... It's not a fake pedigree, but it's a pedigree that I think is overblown because he won those cups in 2014.
1: How many goals did Tavares score last year? 32? Something like that. You said he, so let's say Tavares has 32 goals last year. The first year that he played with the Leafs, he had 47 he or 48. 40, 47 goals. I'm pretty bro. sure it was 47, a high 20, and then a low 30 this year. Let's just confirm that before we move yeah, on. Yeah, so
0: he went... 47 26 and 63 because he got hurt, yeah. 19 and 56 because of COVID, yeah. 27 and 79 la- the year before last, and last year got 36 goals in 80 games.
1: Yeah, I mean, overall, John Tavares. I think one of the reasons why he gets so much hate in the Toronto market is because he came here on, he was the biggest free agent we've ever any Any person our age, or even our parents' age, probably the biggest free agent yeah. we've ever seen sign here. Hometown boy came in the first year. Was phenomenal and then kind of fell off a little bit. Anse Kopitar yeah. hasn't fallen off at all. He's been the, always this good.
0: The thing I'll say with the, yes, Tavares fall, fell off of a forty-seven goal pace, but he had never done that before. He's still the player he was when we signed him.
1: No, I, I agree, but like that's that's a rational argument, and this market isn't rational at all. I just yeah. I think that the overarching message to to the average Toronto fan is they expected John Tavares to be a forty-seven goal center. Every year, every year, yeah. and when he fell off and now moves to the Kopitar type performance, um, I, I agree. They probably think that that's terrible, but in any other market, you think it's good. But we've argued this a million times. John Tavares is still a bona fide second line center on any Cup contending team in the NHL.
0: Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because it pissed me off. I was like, oh, Kobe, Col- I didn't, I forgot. Kopitar made ten. I'm like, if this guy played here minus those cups. It's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to get 74 points. But I
1: agree. And now that you brought up Dubois, I think one thing that we didn't talk about ever
0: was the Dubois trade.
1: Uh, okay, very quickly. I know it's outdated, but I wanted to ask you a question because it seemed like they gave up a ridiculous they amount a for, for a it. career-high 63-point centerman who's awful two-way. They ended up giving up Arthur Kaliev,
0: no, not Kaliev. They gave up. Let's just bring it up. I no, I know. I, I oh
1: no, it's not Kaliev. It starts with an a K as well. I know it was Velardi. I know it was Velarde. a first. It was something that starts with a K. Oh my gosh!
0: Kupari, yes, Rasmus and Kupari Iafalo.
1: and Iafalo, and a first round pick. So right? it
0: was yeah, it was Velardi, Iafalo, Kupari, and a second
1: for a guy that's in a, on a career year scored sixty three points, I'm pretty sure it's a 63 point career like there's so many questions that come out from this, number one, why did LA give up so much and get so feliced, number two how did Shevoldeov, is that his name, how did Shevoldeov get that type of return in that type of market when you knew that this guy didn't want to play there forever, and third of all, why in the world is Pierre-Luc Dubois the most overrated player in the NHL every single time he's talked about
0: those are a lot of good questions (laughs) I don't know. I do think he's slightly overrated. But I guess you lock him in at 8 years, 8.5. He's our age.
1: 8.5. He scored 63 points in a career yeah. year and brings immense amounts of drama everywhere he goes.
0: But the, I guess maybe the argument in support of him is that in two years, 8.5 will be nothing. And he'll still be your second line center. Potentially your first line center when Al Kopitar is sort of. Beyond the back back nine. like Maybe he becomes your second-line center until he retires and Dubois becomes your first. I don't, I'm not sure I agree with this argument particularly because I've heard it. It's like, well, we have never seen Dubois play for a team where he wanted to be there. It's like... That's the player's fault. Yeah, nobody... It's rare that a player plays where they want to play and yes. you need to be a professional and still play your best hockey and not dog it in the third period yeah, when you're playing on a team you don't want to play for. Like, who cares if you're playing for Columbus? You have to try hard.
1: What happens in two years when he doesn't want to play for LA?
0: Well, I mean if and if people don't want to play in LA then they, they have questions yeah. but it's you never know with with him he's the track record is there that he doesn't like to stick around where he's been granted he's been in probably the two worst markets in the league <laughs> true so may, may, maybe that, com- that maybe that discussion is is a valid one I just still think if you're a professional hockey player who cares where you play you should be trying and that should never be an excuse for a lack of effort yep which it has been for him but yeah I don't know maybe he'll come out and surprise us like would you be shocked if maybe with if, if he plays with Kempier or Fiala it that he won't. puts up like 75 points?
1: I won't. He'll play with Fiala because Fiala doesn't play on that first line. Last year, and this is what blows my mind about this trade even more, Gabe Velarde was so good last year. Todd McClellan loved him so much. He was getting first-line minutes at one point, and I'm pretty sure Gabe Velarde's in his third year in the NHL, right? Or is He's he a 99. So- or He's- is he a sophomore? He's still by no means in his prime by no means had a breakout year. Like, he had a mini breakout year last year. I remember this because I have Fiala on my fantasy team, and I was so mad that he was playing on the third line because Velarde was taking up all those first-line minutes. Like, on that team that is star-studded, Velarde looked like the guy of the future, and a lot of LA fans on Twitter also talked about how Rasmus Campari was a very good young player as well. I believe he was a rookie. Like, you give up on those two guys so early. I just, it doesn't make sense to me I would have even questioned giving up those two guys for Dubois straight up, just because I think Dubois is so overrated. Then you throw in a first round pick, second. Then you sorry. Then you throw in Still. a second a second round pick, and then you throw in a good replacement position player. in Ayafalo. It's really good. It seems like the most lopsided trade of all time, in my opinion. And what makes this even worse is this trade wasn't even between two teams that had equal leverage. Like the team that fleeced was the one that had no leverage. Yeah. I I, I don't understand.
0: I think maybe like, I mean, I have follow, I thought was way better. He only had 14 goals in 60, like 60 games last season, which is not fantastic. 36 points in 59 games is like pretty mid. I think maybe what they're thinking is we had two good players who were succeeding in our good, in our good system. Maybe what they're thinking is we have, we got the best player in the trade. We're going to lock him up to eight years. Maybe they didn't think they could keep all those guys that they just traded. Maybe that was part of their thinking. They're like, there's no way we can keep IFLO and keep Dubois and keep Cupari all under a number that we think is reasonable. So let's just trade them for one guy who we know is the best player out of all four, and we lock them up immediately. You're guaranteeing yourself some, you know, something for the future.
1: I would not be surprised if Gabe Bellardi puts up 65 points next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he had 60. He had, I literally just looked at it, but I forgot. He had a bunch of goals last. He had a bunch of points. I think he had 60 points last year or something like that. But yeah, maybe I'm. I find
1: that so hard to believe because, again, Dubois had sixty-three points in a career year.
0: That's how many Valardi had last year. Sorry, sixty-three games, forty-one points. I mean, at an eighty-two point pace, that's also that's probably close to fifty-five
1: points. We can argue Dubois about to enter into his prime. It's probably not getting better than what it is now. If he he's probably in a career year, seventy-five point player. Yeah. If Valardi is that as well with that upside, you give a lot away.
0: You did it. I think we'll also be able to tell. In terms of Winnipeg being able to keep these guys, yeah, if this was a trade worth their while, I agree. Um, so, I mean, the Jets are always in a tough situation. If they can keep these guys, I think that's very, very good for them.
1: We're just going to take a brief intermission here to shout out the sponsor of today's episode, Manitoba Town, located in North York, Ontario. Manitoba Town is ready to support you with all of your pre-game luxury wear. Ranging from sharp suits to sleek shirts and pristine ties, Town is here to elevate your game to the next level. Visit Manabotown today or find them on Instagram at Manabotown265 to learn more about how they can assist you.
0: Next, I think, probably the next one, like the like, logical step would be to talk about New Hook, maybe? Mm-hmm. New Hook? I mean, let's not talk about this in the context of that trade. Um, because we already talked about the trade last time. We thought it was a lot for them to give up. But he gets four years at $2.9 million per. Like, honestly, I think this is probably a, fair, a pretty good contract for the Habs. Like, it's fair value. Okay, why? Well, I, I think it's very similar to the Kirby Doc contract that they signed last year. They're taking a chance on a really high draft pick who maybe he wasn't getting the opportunity he was looking for. Or maybe it was crowded out by a certain you know, roster of players beforehand. Um, Doc was more productive than Newhook was. He got 3.36 by 4. Newhook gets 2.9 by 4. I mean, I think that's like... The strategy was the same. Let's trade for a guy who was getting not the opportunity that they thought they deserved. Granted, they gave both first and a second for Newhook, which is a lot. They didn't give up that much for Doc, I don't think. Um, But I mean, if Newhook is... And I think Newhook is very... Good because he has, gives you positional versatility. He can play think center and wing. So if he's your three cent if he's your three C, he's behind Suzuki and Doc. It's pretty good, you know, three centers, all good, all young with more with upside. And then if he's on your wing, making 2.9 million in your top six, being somewhat productive, that's good too. I think he's a, a worthy gamble. I don't think he's going to turn into a 25 goal scorer, but. I think it's an okay gamble, and $2. 9 million is honestly, not much.
1: See what I'm saying is, if you don't think he's going to turn into a 25 goal scorer, and I also agree, why are you yeah. giving up a first? Oh, and a I don't know. Pick for I, I,
0: I'm talking. I'm I'm trying to talk completely unrelated to the trade because we, we both agree the trade was pretty it's bad, pretty bad, and it kind of didn't make much sense at the time. But just just in terms
1: of the signing, just I in agree. terms of the contract, I agree. Yeah. it's not it's not a bad deal. But when we look at it from the perspective of the Kirby Dak. Strategy. I, I agree. I didn't think the kirby Dack deal was bad either. I thought it was at first, and you talked me into it not being bad. I guess this is contingent on did the kirby Dack contract work out? Last year, he had 58 games played, 38 points.
0: Not bad. Not bad for a third-line center. Yeah,
1: not bad for a third-line center. So if you want to take the same gamble as well. But the question is, like, what are these guys' ceilings? Because presumably yeah. you're taking bets on them because you think they're going to pan out to be 60, 65-point players. And is Alex Newhook a 65-point player? I don't
0: think either of them don't seem to be that. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, overall, I think Alex Newhook, I mean, I don't want to be disrespectful, isn't isn't an upper echelon player. but You think he's kind of mid? Yeah. I think that that was the word I didn't want (laughs) to use. But he's probably a bottom-end top-six player on a mid-team or a great third-line player on a cup-contending team. Which 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 is, is what he was. Which is what he was on Colorado. Yeah. And, I mean obviously Bergevin sees it differently. No, Bergevin's not there anymore. So Kent Hughes. Kent Hughes sees it differently. Kent um, Hughes was, was his agent. We talked about that too. Okay. Well then that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I forgot about that, but yeah, I mean, over, overall, this isn't going to move the needle for Hab fans. No, I don't think so.
0: I don't think so. What could move the needle for our friend, Kyle Dubis is going out and just making the trade. We all want to see Eric Carlson. Just go get him. That would be so fun so fun
1: i don't know why you're so high on this but i'm excited to hear it
0: i'm not like high on it i I could care less about how the penguins do next season i just think it would be i think the vibes would be great i mean like he he fits kind of like what this team is maybe not their needs but he fits what they are to a team it's a team who even when they were winning cups was outscoring their defensive woes they're just full of superstars who put up insane numbers like yeah add eric carlson to that team that doesn't that sound amazing like
1: i mean it would bring up their average age from 35 to 36 but yeah
0: who cares they're already old so who cares
1: no i agree my the the issue with this is apart from it being fun it's like they already have two guys on that team that are walmart versions of them like very one-way type offensive defensemen like chris letang and jeff petrie are both those types of players would you not agree
0: they are but i think petrie would be gone They'd have to get rid of his contract. And if they have to give up an asset to get rid of it, like send him to freaking Anaheim, who are under the floor. They have contracts. That, they can take on contracts. I don't think there's a world where Jeff Petrie, Chris Letang, and Eric Carlson are on the same team, just because, like, the math simply doesn't work for that. they
1: will be on the right side, too, right?
0: Yeah, but they, they we've seen teams win cups with lopsided one sides. Like, when Tampa won those cups, there was, like, Hedman, Sergeyev, McDonough, and yeah. they had, like, Chernak and a fucking... Bogosian yeah. on the other side like That's track's true. good but Bogosian and Luke Shen are not world beaters um, their top
1: four would be not bad like Ryan Graves Chris,
0: Chris Letang Eric Carlson
1: and then Pedersen Pedersen's a pretty
0: good player Pedersen's quite underrated in terms of his like defense and stay at home ability I I just think it would be so fun but plus their power player would be great too they're, like Chris Tang is oh. a very good defenseman but Carlson's the best power play defense in the league in the league
1: yeah him, him or McCarr.
0: but McC- for argument's sake they're right there 101 together. points and their power play was only 21.7% last year. That's so pretty bad, That's right? pretty bad. That's what is that like? Pretty average. Really? Okay. I don't know how the ranking. I didn't find that. But 21.7, the top the top teams are in the high 20s, low 30s, right? So they're definitely in, in like the middle of the league in that department. Plus, mm-hmm. you know, with Krista Tang and his health, you, you you do never know. And this wouldn't be Krista Tang insurance. This would just be an upgrade on Krista Tang. So if he does get hurt, yeah. you know you won't be... Like, if Chris Letang goes down, who's moving the puck for these guys? No one. No one, right? So if you have two guys who can move the puck, you guarantee that when they're both healthy, Carlson and Latang are playing 80% of the game. The team's going to have the puck. It's a team who likes to have the puck. Honestly, I think from def- from a defensive perspective, it doesn't work. But from what this team is known for and what they kind of built their identity on, it, I think it- I think it's great.
1: It would be fun. They're just so bad defensively already. Adding a guy in the 0th percentile of defensive yeah. metrics probably doesn't work. But <laughs> They'd
0: suck. Like they yeah. they would suck defensively, but I guess like this is the most cliche thing I'm ever going to say, but like offense is a good defense, too. It can be, right? So mm-hmm. if you have the puck more often than you don't. In the wise words of Kevin Durant, offense wins championships. That's right. So, uh, I, and the NHL fun. can be argued that that's not the case. No, it's definitely not. But when they won, it was. So this is a unique team with generational superstars all over the place if they get him.
1: Yeah, the Penguins are probably the only team in recent history that has won a... Two stem, Cups. Two Cups off of purely offense. Yes, and that, that, it's that, insane. They had... Oh my gosh, who was their decor? Ron Hainsey, Chris LaTang. It was literally
0: Chris Tang, Dumoulin, Ron Hainsey. Trevor Daly? Trevor Daly was on there for at least one of those runs. Yeah, yeah like the average guys barring the Tang. Could you imagine just like we hopped in a time machine and, and if they get him... Like this team, like 2015.
1: Yeah, I mean, they'd be the that's best insane. team of all time. <laughs> they'd be prime Crosby, prime Malkin, prime Carlson, and
0: uh, I mean, yeah. Flurry was still on the team at that point. The the prime prime Latang, Gensel was good at that time. Gensel too. was I still mean, good when they won those cups. Yeah. I mean, that would be, obviously we could, that's never never have happened. But just seeing all that collection of players in the same team would be so fun for fans like our age to see. I, I'd be rooting for them. I think we, you, you might be more so than me. Like root for the Penguins when they make the playoffs. I love that's the like Penguins, your second yeah. team. Yeah, I would. I think I would normally root for them, but if Carlson happens, that's just I. That, that's a guy that I want to win a cup, and I would definitely be cheering for them.
1: Yeah, and I mean this is by no means unique. The reason why I do this, Crosby was my favorite player yeah. growing up. It's probably when we have a signed
0: puck right next to your head right now. Yeah, so. it was
1: your your favorite player growing up. Our age was either Crosby or Ovechkin, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and then when Matthews came into the league, now it's yeah,
0: we're fanboying a guy who's four months younger than. That's us, like a gen- <laughs> I feel like that's. We don't fanboy Austin the way we fanboy those guys. We're just huge fans of him because he's good.
1: Yeah, Crosby's my idol. Yeah, yeah.
0: So to see him win another cup, I don't. I think this helps them.
1: I agree. You so, bought, I'm I'm buying in. If if Eric Carlson gets traded to the Pittsburgh Penguins, I'll buy a Carlson jersey.
0: Oh my god! So you're gonna get an you're gonna get a Carlson jersey and an Eichel jersey.
1: I want an Eichel jersey so badly. Did you see the pictures of him with the cup? I saw so he put funny. his dog in yeah. the
0: cup or something. Funny. No, that that that's cool. That that's a guy who deserves to win it. Carlson is another guy who just deserves to win. Carlson's never won a win. cup,
1: right? No. He's probably the best player in the NHL now without a cup, no?
0: Like the current yeah, the best current NHLer without a cup, probably. Like yeah. career, like everything considered, yeah, absolutely. Um Is there anything else that we should talk about? Like do you want do you want to talk about Keandre Miller? We can discuss it
1: very briefly. I mean, Keandre Miller is a very underrated defenseman. I mean expected value of defense 82nd percentile expected value of offense 23rd like he's a very stay at home type defenseman which is probably good for
0: this team puts up some good numbers too
1: yeah I mean if there's one thing the New York Rangers need is a player like him like a stay at home type defenseman probably also the only prospect drafted by this team that has ever panned out for real which is good I mean they've I can't even name you a bunch of their first round picks this is the only guy I can think of that panned out so good for him there I mean there's not really much else to say Karendra Miller is like one of those guys who is um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's not flashy, and, it, that, and not flashy in a good way. Yes. Because those stay at home defensemen, the less you hear of them, that means they're doing their job well.
0: Yeah, I mean, this bridge deal helps them contend in their next two next two years because they didn't have to give them like six or seven. Um, and but I I think I was looking at the cap friendly. If he keeps playing the way he pl- he's playing, he's gonna warrant some big money at the end of this two years. At the end, at over the next two years. They'll have him and Justukin as free agents. Oh no! And they'll still be having to pay Panarin, Zabandajad, Fox, Trouba. All these guys will still be under contract. Um, it's gonna be an interesting to see if they can keep both of them because Justukin will rightfully ask for a nine and a half, ten. Mm-hmm. By that point, he might ask for more because the cap will be up. You'll get it, and he will probably be worth between seven and eight. So good luck. That's like a five million dollar raise for Justukin and. Uh, 3.5 million dollar raise That's 8.5 million dollars Just for these two players Potentially
1: With Panarin already making 11 something Yeah he's making 11 something What's Zibanejan making? 8.5 eight That's and a good half deal pretty good That's deal a deal very good Chris deal Chris making 6
0: 6, 7 eight. Something like that
1: I mean they have a They have a good enough mix Of players Getting paid on Low AVs That it would probably work out mm-hmm. But Having a guy make 10 million between the pipes Is never a good I don't care if he's Shisterkin
0: But It's tough if Shusterkin's comparable to, to, I guess he doesn't have but the, he's the Vazzy pedigree.
1: I don't, I don't, I asked you this last time. Did Vazzy win a cup before he made that deal? I don't know. Because Do I we, don't, should we have a look? Yeah, I don't think that he did. Uh, sorry, I think that he did, which is why that deal made sense. Because I've always been an advocate of not paying goalies anything north of six. And that's provided they that's, are very, very good. When did he, oh, Vazzi's, when signed, did they
0: win their cups? 2021, 21, 22, right? So he that those are the first and second years of his contract. Oh, so he was paying 9.5 when they won those cups. So he didn't he didn't sign that deal
1: having won a cup. No, so that panned out. That panned out. I mean, but he had already had vest already, vest under his he belt. He was already
0: here. Er, had already made the finals.
1: Showed it. So also has a vest yeah. under his belt. Last year fell down to earth a little bit. I mean, if they can find a way to pull off some, I can't believe I'm gonna say this, Lula Lamorella magic and get him to eight something like they did with Sorokin. Yeah, you'll take it. But I mean, that that it's such a hard situation for it for a GM there because you can't be the GM that lets Igor Shestovkin walk away, but also giving him a bobrovsky type contract. Remember, Bobrovsky just came off of Vesna when he won that deal. It can go both ways. Like Vasilevsky had one of Vesna, gets that deal, wins a cup. Bobrovsky wins a Vesna, gets that deal, and becomes losing his job to spencer knight like it's good luck
0: yeah i guess he's got two two more years to cement himself as a, a top three goalie in the league yeah so i mean if he if he does he'd probably command nine wherever he went but he's got two more years i don't think rangers fans or um the hell's the hell is, it? Who
1: their, the hell GM? is their gm
0: no i clue. can picture him it's is it chris drury no is it i don't know GMs maybe chris drury whoever the gm is i think it's chris drury they can probably like kick that can two years down the road and like not think about it because they're trying to win cups now. But it's just I'm just thinking, looking ahead in two summers, it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate those two really important players demanding big paydays. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're kind of coming towards the end of our episode now. I mean, it's the middle of summer, not much to talk about. We were quite lucky. Yeah, we were quite lucky that there was news this past week. But just to end off the episode. Because we can say, like, majority of moves of the offseason are kind of dumb. We might see a couple of trades, but usually nothing happens in August. We're going to do, like, just a couple of things. I think And is going to start. He's going to give his post-free agency power rankings heading into this new season. Just for the next year. Just for the next year. Let us I'll
1: start off with that, and I'm I'm gonna go five to one in order. That's and, the best. That's the way. You tell me a couple notables that were left off this list, and you tell me how you feel about okay. it. Okay. Number five, I'm gonna have surprise, surprise. The Toronto Maple Leafs are in my power rankings. They added secondary scoring. We saw that dried up a little bit in the playoffs. I thought they were the losers of the free agency when they signed Klingberg and they they signed Ryan Reeves because you know they had lost all their culture at the deadline with Ryan O'Reilly and Shen. And they didn't get any of that grit back. Then they go out and they get secondary scoring and grit all together with Domi and Bertuzzi. I still think they are the fringe top five, in my opinion. Number four, I'm going to go the New Jersey Devils. Secondary scoring added with Toffoli. They gave up Sharon Govich, who didn't make their playoff roster at that time, and only a third-round pick for Tyler Toffoli, who had almost a career year. And we're talking about a Tyler Mm -hmm. Toffoli who had won cups already, was pivotal for those cups in L.A., they don't have any holes everywhere. Jack Hughes is scoring 50 next year. Like, I agree with you. Nico Heischer is going to win the Selkie if Bergeron retires. I mean, Nemich and Hughes are getting better. If they get a goalie, and I think they're going to get Hellebuck, instant instant cup favorites. And I think they're cup favorites even without Hellebuck. So that's five and four. Number three, I'm going Dallas. Dallas was a Cup, sorry, a conference final team last year. They added secondary scoring again with Duchesne. Again, this is a team with very sneakily have no holes anywhere. They got a top five goalie in the league in Jay Gottinger. They have a top five, top six starting forwards like Robo, Pavelski, um, Rupe Hintz. Now we're talking Duchesne, Mason Marchman. I don't know who their second line center is, but there's not that many top six is better than that. They have a top 10 defenseman, probably even a top seven defenseman in the NHL in, in high skin. And that defensive core isn't bad either. Like there's just no holes on this team. And I think the biggest part of the reason why Dallas is in my top five power rankings here is because... They got their very young players very much needed like deep playoff run experience, mm-hmm. something that the Toronto Maple Leafs don't have, something that the Dallas Stars players like Robertson can build off of. Robertson had a very bad start to the playoffs, and by the end of it had gotten very good. So like yeah. they faced adversity. They're going to be good for a while. Number two, I'm going Carolina. I mean, you can't keep Carolina out of the top five power Fair. rankings. All they do is make Eastern Conference Finals. They're going to resign sign They re-sign their goalies who weren't their problem last year. And I think if they get Tarasenko, they're number one on my list. Okay. Number one, surprise, surprise, the Colorado Avalanche. I mean, they gave up, they got a new hook. They gave up new hook for a lot. They got Ross Colton, Miles Wood. Even if they didn't get those players, like, how do you not take the Colorado
0: Avalanche? They're still the Avalanche. I think <laughs> our friends in Alberta are going to be a little upset with you. Are there any other teams that I named up
1: that I didn't put in the top five that you're surprised of? So number one, Edmonton. you think Edmonton should be there?
0: I don't know who they'd replace. I mean Vegas isn't there, the Cup winners.
1: That's another one. The one of the reasons why I didn't put Vegas there is because again, no absolute superstar on that team. I don't want to call this a Mickey Mouse Stanley Cup because I love Vegas. No. But they didn't really have to face I mean they faced Edmonton. I mean they washed up Dallas. They had to face Florida in the finals. They only it's had good. to face They only had to face one team in this power rankings to win this cup. Sure. I mean I, I, don't, I don't know Edmonton Edmonton was my number six I'll say that you think they should have okay. been top five hmm. uh,
0: I don't know who they would have replaced I think Edmonton fans would probably argue they should have replaced the Leafs and <laughs> Leafs fans would argue that the Leafs should replace Edmonton so yeah. I mean pick your, pick your poison there um, I don't think they're better than hmm, I don't know if they're better than New Jersey they're definitely not better than the Avs probably not better than Dallas who else was the last Cape, team Carolina, Carolina. The, not the I team mean Carolina. track record shows that Carolina is a better team so I mean, the only thing that I would say valid is if you switch Toronto out with the Edmonton. Whatever. Yeah, which yeah. is, yeah, which is like just comes down to whichever team we prefer, really, because they're they're fairly equal, I think, and all things considered. Also,
1: the big bad Boston Bruins mm-hmm. are not on the list. Do you yeah, like
0: that? Yeah, I think I don't think they should be. I agree. And I don't think is going to come back, and if if Bergeron comes back, well, they lost Taylor Hall. They didn't keep Bertuzzi, like they lost, they lost Orlov. I mean, now granted, all those players were players that they got at the deadline, and they were still incredible in the regular season, but. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if they're a top five team anymore.
1: I agree. Um, now Steph is going to give his top five teams with the brightest future after this deadline. Sorry, yeah. I don't want to keep calling it a deadline after this off season. And then we'll I'm just saying,
0: yeah. I'm just saying like over the, like let's say next handful of years who I think will have sort of the biggest, I don't think these guys will. all of them will be contenders. I just think these are teams with the brightest futures looking forward based on, you know, draft picks, current players, whatever I five. I actually like looking at this list now, I'm like why did I pick these guys? But I, I think Anaheim is a really bright future. I think they have a really bright future. I think especially if they trade Gibson and get assets for him. They have Leo Carlson who they just drafted second. They still have Zegers. still have Troy Terry. They're going to have Jamie Drysdale. I think they're they're just going to find themselves with a really collection of really good young players. And in this thing can't go wrong with that. Whether or not they pan out to be the players that they all should be is a different conversation. Um, but I think they're setting themselves up for success. Four, honestly, I do think Ottawa is in there. with the brightest futures, yes, we clown them right now because they've been underwhelming in terms of what their own expectations are. But I think they have a defense core with Shabbat, Sanderson, Chikrin. And you have guys like Stutzla, who's quickly becoming a top 20 player in the NHL. Brady Kachuk, who's still unbelievable. Josh Norris is unbelievable. I'm missing other players, but they're just... Shane Pinto's really good. They just have a lot of good young players, and they're actually they're a few years ahead of like an Anaheim, and all their prospects are developing into good players. There's no more gambles; they're all what they are. I think if they can just sort their defense out, Corpasala gives them some goaltending. I think they're gonna be better than last year. Three, I have Buffalo. I mean, Tage Thompson, Deline, and Owen Power. How do you go wrong building your team around them? Dylan Cousins is also there too. I just think they're I think they're gonna make the playoffs next year. At two, I've got LA in terms of their brightest futures, f- brightest future. I mean, they have Brant Clark, who's going to be unbelievable. Over, th- They're not like a young team. I think they're just all in their prime. You have a collection of players in your prime. You can compete for the next three, f- three to five years. So I think in terms of future, yes, they're bright. And then, I mean, you said it, you have them on, their, on your power ranking and I have them as their brightest future, the New Jersey Devils. They're all under 25-ish and they're all locked in and they're all elite hockey players. Like this is a team that's going to be good for the next five to seven years. With an image, Luke Hughes coming into the fold. They have, still have. Um, Holtz. Holtz. Alexander Holtz. I think his name's Alex. Um, they're, they're just going to be so good. I don't know how the heck Tom Fitzgerald assembled this team. They will win one, if not two, or three cups in the next five, in like the next seven years. They they're going to gonna be so good.
1: That's my list. I like that list. I don't think there's anyone that I would leave off, to be honest. I mean, all, the, all those. Te- it's nice to see that the teams in that top five are not ones that are already unbelievable because it's yeah. the best thing about having a salary cap era is like these teams recycle like it's very fresh every 5 to 10 years
0: And none of those teams are in massive markets either like LA is a massive market like in terms of North America but the other teams like Anaheim a pretty small market Ottawa, Buffalo are fairly small markets and New Jersey is you know when all three teams are good they're the third most important team in that market so it is, I guess that is the benefit of the salary cap in terms of you can actually get teams from small markets being good but yeah I think these teams all have an exciting future ahead I
1: like it. Is there anything else that we want to talk about on this episode? I think we've pretty much overall rounded out the um, the overall free agency. I wouldn't expect that many more moves to be made. I'm happy that we were able to, to talk this week because pretty soon this is all going to be old news. Um, but other than that, any, any last words that you want to talk about before we end it?
0: I don't think so. We're taking a bit of a break now, right? Because you're going on vacation. We've got things going on. And plus the summer is pretty dead when it comes to hockey. But if things happen, if there's like a big news that drops or there's like a week where there's actually stuff, we'll definitely make an episode. But if that doesn't happen, we'll probably speak to you guys next in what, three weeks to a month, give or take. Let's do it. All right. We'll see you. Enjoy your summer. See you later. Thank you for tuning in. This has been the Upon Further Review podcast. We'll see you all next week.